Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Logan Blackman Show. Yes, it has been a very, very long time, but we are back. Yes, let's give ourselves a round of applause. It is May 24th here on the Logan Blackman Show. What an exciting day. We have had two weeks off. The original plan was to have just one week off. That that was the plan, just to have one solitary week off to recover from the NFL draft. Obviously, that was two weeks ago, and now, actually three weeks ago now, and I am ready to do this again. And a lot of things have transpired since the last show we did when I said that I wanted to do a, a just a week break. Yeah, things change in the world we live in to where we have to ultimately take another week off to get other things set up. So this weekend, let's just recap what went on these past two weeks. So this weekend, if we're talking about for this Friday, so the 20, 21st, 22nd, and 23rd, my cousins were in town. My aunt and cousins were in town. So we had to get things organized. And they all brought, or at least three of them, I have four cousins, and three of them brought their girlfriends. So we had to organize our house to try and accommodate all these people. So, and also, along with the cousins coming, we had to bring my stuff from Cedar Falls back down to Des Moines. And I didn't have anywhere to put my stuff from Cedar Falls. So, we transformed the office to where I was recording the show and have been recording the show for the past year, year and a half, whenever I started recording this, for the podcast version of the show, whenever COVID kicked off, uh, March 2020, so yeah, a year. We transformed the office into my room. So we put all the stuff that I had up in Cedar Falls in here, took all the crap that was in the office, and yes, I said crap because it was, out. And we are in the process of getting rid of everything, or at least figuring out what we want and what we don't want, take it to Goodwill, throw away, whatever. And we got rid of our stuff in our storage room, so now our storage room actually looks like a storage room instead of just a big jumbled pile of nothingness. Now... We did find a lot of cool stuff in the storage room going through that. It has not been touched, really, since we moved into this house when I was in first grade. I don't remember how old I was when I was in first grade, but let's just say this. That was a long freaking time ago. It was a long-ass time ago since we've touched that storage room. So things that we brought over from our old house to here have not been touched because that room, honestly... When there was just the piles of nothingness back there, it was scary. You didn't want to go back there. It was pretty sketchy. You didn't really want to test the waters back there. You're like, there's something back there, and I don't really like it. Now that we've got a bunch of crap in there now, like we got shelving units in there now, we've got... Ah, it's just beautiful. It's just beautiful. Now it's fine. But before, crap. But there's a lot of cool stuff you can find. That you didn't even realize you had. That my parents forgot about. That I didn't even know existed. And the favorite thing. My favorite thing that I found. During this whole excursion. I guess you'd call it. Is these magazines. So my dad. We have. My, my family I should say. My immediate family. So my mom, dad, sister, me. Have only lived in the state of Iowa. Born and raised in the state of Iowa. Around the city of Des Moines. But. That has not stopped us from being Buffalo Bills fans. My dad had Shout magazines, which I don't know if these still exist, 
but they were a subscription-based, like, newspaper magazine thing. It was a weekly thing, and you had it. Man, looking at all this, we found the ones from 2001 back here. We found three of them, or four of them. They were from, what date is this? October 25th, November 11th, and I'm assuming November 4th, and then we had a November 18th one. It was crazy to look at all these things. And then one of the books that we had, one of these magazines, I guess you could call them, had the New England Patriots. And then the Buffalo Bills were 1-6 in the league, and the Patriots were about 4-2, or 4-3. I can't remember exactly what their record was. But it, I read the little description, because it gives like a little breakdown of the game that's going to take place on Sunday. And it said, Bills and Patriots all-time record was 42 39 and 1 or something along those lines. Now, let's just say this, that is a little different than it was back in 2002. <laughs> it is it's not great. So back then, that's what it was. In 20 years, 20 long years, the Patriots record has expanded to 76 45 and 1. The Bills have beaten the Patriots Six times, if my if my memory serves me right, if they had 39 wins against the Patriots, since 2001. And in the article that was we were reading through it was a little description of the New England Patriots team and their depth chart and all that. Quarterback Drew Bledsoe goes down early in the season against the New York Jets, and in comes the second-year quarterback named Tom Brady. And little did we know back then... I don't think a lot of Bills fans in their right mind had anything to worry about a sixth-round quarterback pick 199 playing for the New England Patriots. I don't think anybody really had any fears in that. Like Bledsoe, oh, Bledsoe's first overall pick. Bledsoe led to the Patriots to a Super Bowl. And he's been struggling. But he should get the job back, right? That's usually how things go. The, uh, the guy with the most experience, the guy with the highest pedigree in regards to draft stock usually holds on to position longer. That's what they always say in the NFL. The higher you're drafted, the more secure your job is. So if you're undrafted, your job is very, very loosely secured. Like, sure, you're on the team, but for how long? And is it guaranteed that you're there? No. Six-round picks don't always make the roster. If you look at the Patriots draft from that year, the 2000 NFL draft, most of their first picks did not even make the NFL, and some of them barely played. J.R. Redman is the only one that really sticks out from that group, and he was really only a factor in the Super Bowl year in that 2001 season. Tom Brady has more wins. I don't know if it's changed now since Josh Allen's been there, but before Josh Allen got to the Buffalo Bills, Tom Brady had more wins at the Bills Stadium since he has been the starter in New England than any quarterback the Bills have had in those 20 or so years. More wins than anybody. A, a team, a quarterback that played at that field, what, eight times a season? I guess seven, because they did that stupid Toronto series for a little bit. That's ridiculous. That shouldn't happen. I think it's Tyrod Taylor and Ryan Fitzpatrick and Drew Bloodsoe all around that upper echelon, I guess you could call it of Bills quarterbacks that have won at New Era Field or Ralph Wilson Stadium or Rich Stadium, whatever you want to call it. But man, 
how little we knew about what was going to happen 20 years in the future. Seven-time Super Bowl champion Tom Brady, arch-ruler of the galaxy, Anakin Skywalker to Bill, pa- Bill Belichick's Chancellor Palpatine, or the Emperor, or Darth Sidious, whatever you want to call him, but much like Star Wars, Anakin is stronger than Palpatine. At least that's what it seems like at this point in time. We don't really know. Patriots battled a lot of injuries, a lot of COVID issues. Now they got a new quarterback. I don't know when Mac Jones will eventually play. We'll talk about that a little bit more later. But time will tell. They got some receivers. Not amazing wide receivers. Just good stopgap wide receivers. Just receivers that can make somewhat of an impact right now. And Nelson Aguilar, uh, Kendrick Bourne. Like, those guys are not great receivers, but they're good good receivers. And they brought back the two tight ends set with Jonu Smith and Hunter Henry. So, yeah, Patriots look like they're going to be not amazing. I'm, I'd be absolutely shocked if they won the division, to be 100% honest with you. But they're going to be in the top. They're going to get talked about because they look to be a better team than they were last year. But it's hard not to be a better team than last year. And even last year, 7 and 9 for the Patriots, 6 and 10, whatever the hell their record was. That was weird to see. But back then, that was pretty common. <laughs> the Patriots were not what we know them as today, the evil empire building all these Death Stars. No. They sucked. They were laughing stock in the NFL. Tony Easton, as their quarterback, absolutely, can I say this? Genetically jackhammered by the Chicago Bears defense in the 85 Super Bowl. What? They were not good. Jim Plunkett's career looked dead in the water in New England. Goes to Oakland or Vegas or Los Angeles, wherever they were at the time, and wins two Super Bowls. We brought up Jim Plunkett, if you remember this, a few, uh, probably a month ago now, talking about Sam Darnold going to a new team, being like a Jim Plunkett, set up basically to fail with the Jets, Patriots for Plunkett, goes to a new team and has great success. There's a lot of good weapons with the Panthers. We're not going to talk about Sam Darnold that much. We'll talk about it in a little bit. So I want to go over the NFL schedule, go over some matchups I like over each week, the 18-week schedule that we have this year for the NFL. But man, just looking at that and just seeing how unaware we were. And then you have the, this was depressing times for Bills fans. Post-Jim Kelly, pre-Josh Allen was not a very, actually I would probably say pre-Ryan Fitzpatrick, pre-Tyrod Taylor, somewhere around there. But quarterbacks were not great. The article on the or the front page of one of these things has a quarterback battle between Rob Johnson or Robosack, as he was affectionately known in Buffalo, versus Alex Van Pelt. It was kind of funny seeing Alex Van Pelt on there because, as you know, he's the offensive coordinator for either the Bengals or Browns. I don't remember which one. One of the Ohio teams. Who who cares? But there was an article in that paper that said Alex Van Pelt's thinking about going into coaching. Ironically, he's in coaching now, or unironically, un- he's in coaching now. So it's kind of cool. And then I go, we dig a little deeper, and we find more Bills magazines. I don't know if these were like, I don't really know if these were just, they were annual subscriptions. These were in the 90s, though. 94, 95, 96 season. Actual magazines, not like newspaper magazines, like what the shout things were. This was like an actual like Sports Illustrated-style magazine for the Buffalo Bills. My dad said there's probably more out in the garage. Like, the Blackmans and the Buffalo Bills been around and been tight for years. And it was just really cool to see all this this stuff that we found. I found some of my old artwork that I had. 
And one of the things that I said was, uh, fall is a fun time, and I'm going to read this verbatim. I'm going to try and read this exactly how it's spelled, not what I meant to say. To watch the Buffalo Bills football ga- gams when Drew Bluso runs a touchdown. So, fall is a fun time to watch the Buffalo Bills football games when Drew Bluso ran- runs a touchdown. And I have them playing the Packers. And I also found a magazine that I had. It was a 2005 like NFL preview thing that you could do. And in the back page of it, you can write down uh, like your predictions. Like where you think the divisions will stick out. Where you think the playoffs will look like. Bills Packers in there as well. 2005. Totally happened. Patriots fresh off a 14-2 season. My however old I was brain said the Patriots finished third in the division. And my dad goes, I was probably in your ear a little bit about that one. <laughs> and I, I, would, I, would, I would think so. But yeah, Bills and the Blackmans together forever now, just the immediate Blackmans. Like my household, the Blackman family has a lot of different football teams, most notably the Pittsburgh Steelers. But the Blackman household in Urbandale, Iowa, are Buffalo Bills fans. And it's nice that they're actually competing and being a good team and are expected to win the division and have ex- actual expectations and have a fairly winnable and fairly easy for their high standards schedule, which is very nice to see. The Buffalo Fanatics on Instagram post a schedule poll every single year, and the fans this year said 17-1 and for the Buffalo Bills. Last year, they had them losing two games and finished 13-3. and So you know what? Not far off. And there's tough games the Bills have, like the Buccaneers, the Chiefs, the Titans, the Saints. There's some tough games for the Buffalo Bills. I'm not going to sit here and say they're going to win every game or are going to go 17-1 or 18-0 or whatever. There's tough games. Christmas Day in New Orleans is going to suck. You saw what Alvin Kamara and them did last year to the Minnesota Vikings. Now, the Bills are a better team than the Vikings. I don't think that is very asinine to say, but... They're obviously a better team. The Bucks in Tampa. All these games are on the road. That's going to be the hard part. They absolutely got shit stomped against the Titans last year on Thursday or Tuesday night football. Play the Chiefs on Sunday night football. We've already gotten tickets for the Bills-Chiefs game down in Kansas City. It is going to be a fun season with some fun quarterbacks. Bills get to play some very fun quarterbacks. Get to see what Zach Wilson looks like. If Mac Jones begins to play, we'll get to see what he looks like. But yeah, those were some of the stuff that we found digging around in the storage room. Just some of the old Buffalo Bills stuff that my dad used to have. He also found his old football pants from high school. Found some x-rays. Found some of my mom's artwork from high school. Found their wedding invitations. So like, we saw everything. In this back storage room, things we didn't even know existed, that I didn't even know existed. And those memberships for that Shout Magazine, $40 for a year. And in 2001, that was a lot of money. (laughs) And if you lived in Canada, which is 10 minutes away from Buffalo, you had to pay 10 more dollars for the Shout Magazine. So, crazy. We played less in the state of Iowa than the state whole country of Canada, even though Ontario... Like, the province of Ontario is right outside of Buffalo. Most Bills fans, or not most, but a lot of Bills fans come from Canada. A lot of Canadians work in Buffalo, or a lot of Buffalonians work in Canada. It's a very 
nice relationship. But you better, you best not be getting no DUIs because you're never allowed back in Canada again if you go over there with a DUI. So don't be doing that. If you want to go to Canada, make sure you're sto- sober as, I don't know, what's, so, what's super sober? Like a tree? Can a tree get drunk? I don't know. Fun stuff we talk about here on the Logan Blackman Show. But, yeah, cleaning out crap, moving out of places, taking a break. Last week was just dedicated to a break. This past week, again, moving crap around. I started moving stuff around Wednesday. Got out to eat with my parents and family. Sister came back to town from Cedar, Ra- Cedar Falls. So, yeah, it was just kind of moving a bunch of crap around these past two weeks. And... I think now, because the cousins are gone, we're finally settled down and I can afford to uh, record a show, which is beautiful. Absolutely beautiful. And yeah, I'm excited to get back at it this this week. We're going to have a friend on for Wednesday's show, so you can stay tuned for that. That's going to be very exciting to see. Zach from William Penn, my, one of my old roommates from William Penn. We'll be on the Logan Blackman show on Wednesday, so we'll have that for you. And yeah, very fun stuff. Excited to be back. Very excited to be back. And we've we've gone so far, we've gone almost 20 minutes talking about random crap. This is just a typical Logan Blackman show show. So yeah, that's what we've got going on for you. I got a friend's wedding this weekend, so that'll be very fun. Had a friend's birthday last weekend so that was pretty fun went up to cedar falls hung out with some friends didn't get locked out of the house this time when i came back from cedar falls that was pretty fun had a grad party to go to that was pretty fun just a lot of pretty fun stuff for the logan blackman show you know what else is pretty fun winning shit that's pretty fun winning brings out the best in everybody and around the world of soccer i know we haven't talked about soccer a lot recently but I love soccer. Soccer is one of my favorite sports. Played it my entire life from first grade all the way to my senior year of high school and still play soccer every now and again, every chance I can, I'll go out and play some soccer. Love it. And I follow soccer religiously. I watched Sporting Kansas City beat the San Jose Earthquakes 3-1 last night. And all the today, Sunday, May 23rd, leagues around Europe closed off their seasons. They were getting done, so we crowned all the league champions. Some of the leagues, like the Bundesliga and the Premier League, were already done and dusted, but they got their trophies today. Bayern Munich, unsurprisingly, won the Bundesliga. I think they're eight out of their last nine, much like North Dakota State in FCS football. And speaking of which, congratulations to Sam Houston State on beating South Dakota State. Very cool stuff. Very exciting game. If you didn't watch that game, I feel a little unfortunate. I feel a little sorry for you because that was a very, very exciting game. And I recommend if you haven't, go and watch the highlights. Now, I'm not saying I watched the entire game, but I watched a fair bit of it. It was a very exciting game. Sam Houston was about 5.30 left, had a 5-minute and 25-second drive to win the game. It was freaking awesome. Their quarterback did try to play a little bit of hero ball, which can hurt a team at times, but it did not hurt Sam Houston State, obviously as they won their first national championship at the FCS level. So congratulations to those guys. But yeah, Bayern Munich, Manchester City, winning the Premier League and the Bundesliga respectively. In France, in Ligue 1, you had Lille upsetting PSG. Lille one point above PSG in the standings. Congratulations to Timothy Weah. 
the American winning the league for them against his former team, PSG, who have one of the deepest pockets in the world. Two of the most expensive transfers of all time, Kylian Mbappe and Neymar, are on their roster, and they still can't win League 1 in Serie A, much like Bayern Munich and Man City. This was decided a few weeks ago. Inter Milan won it fairly easily. Juventus squeaked in to the last Champions League spot in Serie A with Napoli drawing today. A very late draw, not very late, 70th minute or something like that. Draw with Verona, screwing up their chances. Juventus beat Bologna 4-1. So, very cool stuff. It is a very exciting week. And then you had no like great escapes. Premier League was already decided weeks ago when everybody was relegated. In uh, La Liga, you had Atletico Madrid winning there. So some surprising league winners like Inter, Atletico, Lille. Teams that not a lot of people might have expected to win it at the beginning of the year. And I feel kind of... No, I don't feel bad for Barcelona. I love Lionel Messi. But Barcelona, you can't go Luis Suarez is too old to be our striker and then continue to just go with Martin Braithwaite and feel like you're fine after Luis Suarez finished fourth in La Liga and scoring with 21 goals and won La Liga. So it's... Man, Barca's a mess. They're getting Sergio Aguero this offseason. Deal's already done. Fabrizio Romano's already said, here we go. It's done. So they'll get Kun Aguero. And he'll reunite with Messi. So we'll have an actual striker there for Barcelona. Whether Antoine Griezmann's there or not, I don't know. Anzu Fati should be healthy by the time next season rolls around. I think he had an ACL tear, if I remember correctly. Usman Dembele played decently well this season. So... Yeah, I'm excited to see what Barcelona does. Real Madrid will spend money. They finish second in La Liga. See how they strengthen their squad. See who, if Sergio Ramos or Rafael Varane, what their future holds for them. Whew. A lot of stuff going on in La Liga. It's a very intriguing time in La Liga. Now, in the championship, the English championship, you had Watford and Norwich City already promoted. And now we've got the championship playoffs right now. Brentford and Swansea move on to the championship final that will be at Wembley Stadium which will take place next weekend I'm pretty confident in saying but yeah Bournemouth we're up one nothing on an aggregate and Brentford won 3-1 yesterday Saturday May 22nd 3-1 to win their playoff Barnsley and Swansea 1-1 Daryl DK's magic wore off as the dream is dead for Barnsley as they will not be going back to the Premier League at least this offseason. So for those of you who are dire need of watching soccer, oh, and Besiktas won uh, the Turkish League on goal difference by one goal this season, tied on points. I believe Sporting Lisbon or Sporting CP, Sporting, whatever you want to call them, won the Portuguese League, Liga Noche. So yeah, very exciting stuff. Who won the Eredivisie this year? Ajax, unsurprisingly, win the Eredivisie, so yeah, and Rangers finished an uh, invincible season in the Scottish Premiership under Steven Gerrard to win the Scottish Premiership, to take it all out of the hands of Celtic. So now with all the big leagues getting done, you can turn your attention to the MLS, and I hate how com, which is a very nice website if you don't follow soccer but like to know a little bit more about it, they have analytical analysis over each team, and each player, and all of that stuff. You can tr- keep track of league statistics, player statistics, all of that kind of stuff, and league standings. 
But with the MLS, it's a European-based website. At least I'm pretty confident in saying that. They don't have the MLS table, like, normally. I guess they do. Never mind. They usually don't. They usually have it as an at, like, a standard league table. But the MLS, having 27 teams, they split it up in the Western and Eastern Conference. So atop of the Eastern Conference, you have the New England Revolution with 14 points, followed by Orlando City with 12, then Atlanta, NYCFC, Club de Football de Montreal, Club Football de Montreal, or whatever their stupid name is. The Montreal Impact are in fifth, Philadelphia Union in sixth, and Columbus Crew, who almost destroyed their team. Ugly logo, by the way. Ugly new logo. Glad they kept the crew name. Are in seventh. And in the Western Conference, you have Seattle on top with 17 points after getting a win, I believe. Did they win today or did they draw? They drew against Atlanta United today. They were winning going into the 80th minute. And then I started the show. And Atlanta claws back to get a draw. Sporting Kansas City, as I said, they won last night against San Jose. They are in second. The LA Galaxy, followed by Chicharito, scoring hat tricks and goals galore this season for the LA Galaxy, are in third. Houston Dynamo in fourth. Colorado Rapids in fifth. Portland Timbers sixth. And San Jose Earthquakes in seventh. Some surprises this year for disappointing teams I mean Inter Miami they're like joint what they're joint fourth but on goal difference they're an eighth technically in the Eastern Conference but I think they'll figure itself out they got too many star players on that team to not figure it out I believe Antoine Griezmann will eventually play there he's talked about wanting to come to the MLS for the past few seasons now and he feels kind of like a David Beckham not like level of stardom or great that great of a player I love Antoine Griezmann great player but not to the level of David Beckham worldwide phenomenon not like that but I could see him being like Beck's in the fact that he'd leave Europe in somewhat of his prime even though he struggled to adapt really at Barcelona with Atletico Madrid talked about swapping him for Zhao Felix see how that would turn out I could see him going into Miami then they have Blaise Matuidi, Gonzalo, H- Gonzalo Higuain there. They got Ryan Shawcross there from Stoke City. They're building something there. They're just going to be getting all, spending all the money to get all these big-name players over. Messi, Ronaldo might come there eventually, not at the same time, but I wouldn't be surprised if one of them came to Inter-Miami. And then you got Toronto sitting in 12th is kind of surprising. And then you got Minnesota United sitting in 12th in the Western Conference with one of the worst defenses in the league, giving up 10 goals, which is second most in the Western Conference, but their offense doesn't score either. That's another issue they're facing right now. Minus five goal differential, which is the worst in the Western Conference. Now, not the worst in the league, because you have to remember, FC Cincinnati still exists. So they're fine (laughs) in that regard. But new teams like Austin FC, they sit 11th in the league. This is what you kind of expect from expansion franchise. You don't usually get teams like the Vegas Golden Knights or the Ty- or the the crap, the Jaguars and the Panthers. You don't get Atlanta United's where they go to MLS Cup. I think they went to MLS Cup in their first year in existence. You don't get that usually. This is what you get with expansion teams. Nashville was a similar situation last year. Miami similar situation last year. Not terrible, but not competing for anything. The Chicago Fire, I believe, won the MLS Cup in their first year of existence. So this is normal for them to be sitting down in 11th place. This will not be an easy year. They have some nice uniforms, very green. 
But I do like the white ones that they rock. A lot of green in the stadium. Very similar to Houston. I don't know if that's a Texas thing where we have to just show our colors everywhere. Especially very bright neon green. It's not neon green, but it's just a very bright, vibrant green color. Kind of hurts the eyes. Not as much as Houston's. Not as much as Houston's. Houston's stadium is bad in regards to eyesore. If you want to just stare at 11,000 traffic cones or something like that, then be my guest and go watch a Houston Dynamo game. Never been a real fan of the Houston Dynamo. They're one of Sporting Kansas City's big rivalries because Sporting doesn't have a lot of geographical rivals because they kind of sit in the middle of bum frick nowhere in the middle of the United States in regards to where the rest of the MLS sits. Now, St. Louis City will be coming in in the near future. Charlotte will be coming in in the near future. So there's going to be some more teams, but St. Louis will obviously be Sporting's next biggest rival. See if they're in the Eastern Conference or the Western Conference. I don't know. The dividing line between those two is going to grow a little bit more, and it's going to be kind of weird. Hopefully not as weird as like the NHL, where we have Tampa Bay and Carolina in the Central Division. Not a massive fan of that, but... You know what? <laughs> Whatever. And we've got the NHL playoffs right now. Prayers go up to John Tavares, the ta- Toronto Maple Leafs captain. Concussion, unsurprisingly, got absolutely floored. Got checked and caught a knee straight to the face. As someone that's gotten a lot of concussions, that was something that was not very pleasant to watch. Even as a normal sports fan, it wouldn't be fun to watch, especially with the rumors going around that he might have broken his neck. And after seeing him try to stand up and then falling straight back to the ice is a very, very scary scene. But thankfully, he's as good as you can get in that situation. Kevin Pillar for the New York Mets getting clocked with a 94-mile-an-hour fastball straight to the nose. He's doing about as good as you can get at this point in time. He's talking. He's doing interviews. I haven't heard anything really about John Tavares at this point in time. But yeah, that's what you kind of get in sports. Injuries. Injuries suck. It's not, it's That's the downside to injuries. Stuff like that. Because players feel really bad. These are human beings, after all. They're not these robots that are mo- emotionless and just don't feel anything. No, these are people, and they didn't mean to hurt these people. Like the Braves pitcher, the player for the Canadiens that hurt Tavares. It was not intentional, and it hurts. They'll probably think about it for a long time. It won't leave their minds for that long, even though... Again, completely unintentional, but that's the human side of this. And yeah, the NHL playoffs are still going on. We have the Avalanche up 3-1 against St. Louis Blues right now. Avs leading the series 3-0, looking to complete the sweep tonight. And the Bruins and the Caps are playing right now. Boston up 3-1 in the series. Predators beat the Carolina Hurricanes 4-3 to tie up the series at 2-2. And the Oilers and the Winnipeg Jets We'll be playing later tonight at 6.30 on NBCSN, so you guys will know the score once that game is finished. Then Monday, we got the Islanders-Penguins, series tied at 2-2. Maple Leafs-Canadiens tied at 1-1. Lightning-Panthers, Tampa up 3-1 in the series. Oilers-Jets, repeat again. Winnipeg up 2-0. And then the Wild against the Golden Knights, with the Knights up 3-1, hoping to close out the series. So yeah, that's what we've got going on in the NHL playoffs. The NBA playoffs are going on right now. We had the Phoenix Suns beating the LA Lakers tonight, or this earlier today. We had the Sixers beat the Washington Wizards, which Philly up 1-0 in the series. Phoenix up 1-0 in the series. Hawks and Knicks are playing right now. Knicks down 11-19 to Atlanta. You had the Bucks beating 
the Miami Heat in overtime, 109-104. Milwaukee's leading the series. Obviously, it's after one game. Mavericks beating the Clippers, 113-103. Nets beating the Celtics, 104-93 with the big three, KD, James Harden, and I, Kyrie Irving, scoring, what, 81 or 82 points combined or something stupid like that. And then the Trailblazers beating the Nuggets, 123-109. And yes, I know, this isn't stuff we usually talk about here on the Logan Blackman Show. And I promise, by the time next week rolls around, or hopefully Friday or whatever, we'll be back to our more scheduled programming of talking about predicting things, I guess, looking towards college football season. But for right now, let's just go over some of the NFL games that will be taking place this year. My favorite games that will be happening this week or this year, going over each week on which games will be the best ones, at least the ones I will be most anticipating. So week one, Bills Steelers, going to be an awesome game. You obviously got the first game of the year on Thursday Night Football, Cowboys Bucks. That was supposed to be the Bills, but you know what? Cowboys, America's teams, America's team, Dak in his triumphant return since breaking his leg. Be fun to watch. Be fun to watch. Bill Steelers going to be a big boy game. Titans Ravens should be fun with the Titans garbage ass defense versus the Ravens high powered offense and Derrick Henry versus the Cardinals. Not great defense, but we'll see how J.J. Watt does in this new surroundings down in the desert. Zayvon Collins, the recent draft pick for Arizona. See how he does. Jets Panthers, Sam Darnold versus Zach Wilson will be awesome to see. In Carolina, though, so it's not like Sam Darnold's triumphant return to New Jersey to MetLife Stadium to take on the Jets. But, yeah, Trevor Lawrence in his first game against the Texans. Browns Chiefs rematch of the AFC divisional round. Will be fun to see Dolphins Patriots, Packers Saints, Bears Rams. Hopefully Justin Fields is starting by that point. And Ravens, Raiders on Monday Night Football. Fun, fun, fun. Going to week two. Bills, Dolphins. I'm just I'm I'm gonna try and not say Bills games because, you know, honestly, I'll be probably saying those most because I'm gonna be watching all these games. But I'm gonna I'm gonna try and remain unbiased. Bills char- uh, Chargers and Cowboys will be very, very fun to see. Two very good offenses. Chargers hopefully to improve on defense with Brandon Staley coming over there. Reigning defensive coordinator that had a reigning number one defense league with the Rams. See if he can bring some of those that mentality to the Los Angeles Chargers because they got the skills on offense to pay the bills. Just need to figure out if they're going to have to pay the bills on defense. Uh, Rams, Colts, be very fun. Matthew Stafford versus Carson Wentz in their new locations. Very fun to see. Hopefully we get Mac Jones versus Zach Wilson in week two. New York Jets versus the New England Patriots. Then we've got Cardinals-Vikings. Patrick Peterson, his revenge game against his old team. Who will he lock up? DeAndre Hopkins, A.J. Green, probably DeAndre Hopkins. But it'll be fun to see Falcons versus the Buccaneers. See some high-powered offenses in that game. Titans-Seahawks, Ravens-Chiefs. Yeah, Ravens have to win that one, right? I'm not saying they will, but it's like they they have to win that one, right? They've been bitched around by the Chiefs for the past two or three years. So it's kind of like we it's about time we get that win over the Kansas City Chiefs and starting to develop a little nice little rivalry there between the two teams, two very young quarterbacks, two very good young quarterbacks, two MVPs in the league. Excited to see what that game looks forward to. Chargers, Chiefs, saw the first game they played last year. 
Very exciting game. Harrison Butker made three field goals from 50-plus yards to eventually win the game against the Chargers. Justin Herbert's first start. This will be in Kansas City, though. That will be a big game. Very, very fun game. See if the Chargers can actually keep up with the Chiefs. Browns-Bears will be fun. Again, if Justin Fields is playing, these Bears games will be a thousand times more fun to watch than Andy Dalton. Sorry, no offense to Andy Dalton and his family and his fans and all those people that love Justin. I don't know. I'm sorry to people that just like Andy Dalton. I would much rather watch Justin Fields than Andy Dalton. And we'll talk about the quarterback situations around these different teams and when we could see these guys play for the bigger name quarterbacks. It's not like Sam Ellinger, Ian Book. I'm not going to talk about those two, even though they got drafted by the Saints and Colts, respectively. I don't think they're going to play this year. Uh, then we got Colts-Titans. This is the battle of the two best teams in the division, at least by my estimations at this point in time. So that'll be very fun to see. Saints-Patriots will be very, very fun. Bengals-Steelers, that game's always fun to watch. I love, no matter how bad the Bengals have been over the years, it's always fun to watch them versus the Steelers. And the Bengals, not that they're going to be an amazing team this year, they'll be fun to watch. Joe Burrow and Jamar Chase back together. They got some good weapons on the outside. And the Steelers are expected to take a little bit of a dive this year. Not like insane dive where they're god-awful next year, but more back down to reality because last year obviously was an anomaly where they really didn't. They weren't, they weren't really worth the record, right? Right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Rams-Bucks will be fun. Seahawks-Vikings is actually in Minnesota. Feels like they always play them in Seattle. Packers-Niners when we see Trey Lance. Lord knows. I don't know. I'd love to see him week one, but probably not realistic. Week four, you've got the Falcons versus the Washington football team. Great offense versus a great defense. Very, very fun to watch that. Vikings, Vikings, Browns, two great run offenses. Kevin Stefanski, obviously, from the Minnesota Vikings coaching staff, implemented that style of offense with the Cleveland Browns, and it has worked perfectly. Made Baker Mayfield's life the easiest life in the NFL for a starting quarterback. And he's getting some nice recognition from it. For how limited he is, he's getting some nice recognition for it because of how good his off-the-line and his run game are. Chiefs-Eagles should be an absolute bloodbath. I don't know why I even said that game. I think I just looked at it and said a game. I'm sorry for saying that. <laughs> Cardinals-Rams would be very, very fun to watch. This division, the NFC West, Seahawks-49ers also play that day. It'll be It's a fun division. All very talented young quarterbacks, Kyler Murray, Trey Lance, or not young, but very talented quarterbacks. At least two of them are young. Trey Lance, Kyler Murray, Russell Wilson, Matthew Stafford. Again, if Trey Lance isn't playing at this time, okay. Got Jimmy G, who's a very capable starter. It's not like they're going from, like with the Texans, when they had Tom Savage and had Deshaun Watson there. It's not like they're going from Tom, Sav- Desha- Tom Savage to Deshaun Watson. And it's not a ter- that's not a huge gap. Jimmy G has been to a Super Bowl. He's a lot better. The Niners are a much better team with him as their starter than without him as their starter. He is a good quarterback. I, he gets a little too much hate. Him, Kirk Cousins, and Derek Carr are the most weirdly hated quarterbacks in the NFL. I, I will never understand the amount of hate those three get. Most notably, Kirk Cousins. and Der- More Derek Carr and Kirk Cousins than Jimmy G. I don't get why those two get hate. Why, or at least as much hate as they do. They are good quarterbacks. They are better quarterbacks than Jimmy G. They are not bad quarterbacks by any stretch of the imagination. I'm, I'm tired of seeing that kind of garbage. Patriots and Buccaneers, 
Tom Brady's triumphant return to Gillette Stadium to take on Bill Belichick and the New England Patriots, their first matchup as opposing teams, I guess. And then Chargers Raiders, speaking of Derek Carr, on Monday Night Football. Week 5, some fun games that we got Rams Seahawks on Thursday Night Football, Chargers Browns on Sunday will be very fun. Bills Chiefs, again, we're going to that game. So that'll be very, very fun to watch. Again, this is all... We don't know anything at this point in time. We don't even know who the hell is making the roster at this point. Or if there's going to be any more trades this offseason. Will Sean Watson be on another team? Will his situation in court get sorted out? Who knows? Will Drew Locke be the starter for the Broncos? Will Aaron Rodgers be the starter for the Packers? Will Blake Bortles be the starter for the Packers? Who the hell knows? Buccaneers versus Dolphins will be fun. Panthers-Eagles will be a fun game to young teams taking on each other in Carolina. See if Sam Darnold, by this point, we should figure out if Sam Darnold's still got stuff left in the tank or if he's just washed up at this point and not anything really there. There's nothing really there anymore. We'll figure it out at that point. Then we got the Rams, or the Rams, 49ers and the Cardinals, and then Colts, Colts and Ravens battle the old Baltimore teams. Will be fun to see. Chargers and Ravens, playoff game from a few years ago. Lamar Jackson's first playoff start. Did not play great. Played well in the fourth quarter, but the game up until that point was not great for Lamar. The Ravens obviously lost to the Chargers. Packers-Bears. Again, Deshaun, or, uh, Justin Fields, if he's playing. Very, very fun to watch. Uh, Chiefs football team. Again, good defense versus great offense. Cardinals-Browns. Baker Mayfield versus Kyler Murray. Two Oklahoma teammates. Steelers-Seahawks. And then Bills-Titans on Monday Night Football. Hopefully the Titans don't screw anything up again. And make them play on Tuesday night because that sucked. Hate Tuesday night football. Never, never again. Please don't make Tuesday night football a thing any anymore. Then we got Jets Patriots in week seven, right? Yeah, week seven. Again, rookie quarterbacks. Want to see them. Mac Jones versus Zach Wilson will be awesome to see. Zach Wilson, Trevor Lawrence, we can guarantee are starting week one. We know that for 100% fact. Everybody else kind of up in the air at this point when they're expected start date is but again we'll talk about that in a little bit Bears Bucks that was the infamous game from last season when Tom Brady held it with four fingers thinking it was fourth down when it was actually turnover on downs and that kind of you know sparked the Buccaneers onto their Super Bowl run but that was a really funny moment wasn't it a lot of lulls were had that day Colts and 49ers then wraps up that day on Sunday night football on week eight Yes, Bills-Dolphins, love Bills-Dolphins. Two best teams in the division, wrapping up their series a lot earlier than what I would like. I like them playing late in the season because the Bills have torched them the past few times they have played the last game of the season. Josh Allen's rookie year, Bills torched them. Last season, Bills torched them. But now the season gets over for these two teams, at least the rivalry gets done after week eight. Patriots-Chargers, very winnable game for the Chargers. They never had great success against Bill Belichick. I don't think Phillip Rivers had ever beaten Tom Brady and Bill Belichick. Now Phillip Rivers isn't there. Tom Brady's not there. Maybe some of the old karma or so, the amount of abuse they took from the Patriots all these years in the playoffs starts looking in the Chargers' direction now with Justin Herbert there and the offense that they put together. Brandon Stanley on defense. Hopefully the Chargers can get a dub there. Bears 49ers, again, Justin Fields versus Trey Lance. Unlikely, but it'd be very cool to see. Browns-Steelers, 
Very awesome rivalry. I'm glad it's starting to heat up a little bit again. Obviously, with the Browns leaving in the 90s, going to Baltimore, that rivalry kicked off. But I'm liking to see the Browns and Steelers get some heated matchups going again. And then we got Cowboys-Vikings on Sunday Night Football. And then for some reason, Giants-Chiefs, Monday Night Football, Giants and Chiefs. Why? Why is that a game? I like some of the weapons the Giants have put together on offense, drafting Kadarius Tony, getting Kenny Galladay, have Saquon Barkley, decent defense. But this is Daniel Jones last year. This has been well documented. That if Daniel Jones does not succeed this year, it is over. It is curtains for Daniel Jones. They have put together a unit for Daniel Jones. If this isn't it, if he doesn't have it, it's done. It's gone. Colts-Jets rematch of Super Bowl three, obviously. Long time in the future. But two new quarterbacks, Zach Wilson versus Carson Wentz. Very fun to watch. Trevor Lawrence versus the Bills. Be very fun to see. Bills and Jaguars, kind of. I guess the rivalry's not really there anymore since Jalen Ramsey's gone. But And Doug Marone's also not there. So the rivalry might be a little dead there. But the most fun I've ever had at a football game was the Bills-Jaguars, Josh Allen's rookie year, where he beat the shit out of the Jaguars. Now, the scoreline is like, it was a decently close game, but Josh Allen had a great game. That was his, like, I belong here game. Against Jalen Ramsey, guy who called him trash, scored a rushing touchdown, threw a beautiful passing touchdown. I don't know how the hell Josh Allen got that ball out. If you don't know what I'm talking about, Go look up the Bills-Jaguars highlights. It was the first touchdown the Bills scored. Josh Allen or Robert Foster. Don't understand how the hell <laughs> that scored a touchdown. Don't know. Robert Foster, he might still be on the Bills. I don't know. But that's why Josh Allen's numbers his rookie year were not great. Do you even know who Robert Foster is? Probably not. Because I love Robert Foster, but he <laughs> he's not a, a starting number one wide receiver. I'm pretty sure he either led or was like a couple yards behind Zay Jones that year in receiving yards. Then Kellen Benjamin, uh, the meme lives on as he's going to the New York Giants to be a tight end. He must have had that one more Popeye's biscuit and became a tight end in the NFL. Meme-worthy content right there. Love it. Browns-Bengals, the Ohio rivalry, Joe Burrow versus Baker Mayfield. Fun stuff. Very fun stuff. Falcons, Saints, they hate each other. Going to William Penn and hanging out with some Atlanta Falcons fans, people from Atlanta, they hate the Saints. They hate the Saints. But the burning passion. Uh, Vikings, Ravens, two great rushing attacks versus each other. Chiefs, Packers, where a lot of people wanted to see in the Super Bowl last year, at least where we're from, where in Iowa, where the two Midwest teams, they get to play each other now. And they chant G-E-H-A Field at Arrowhead Stadium? What the hell is that? Uh, apparently, that's the new name for it. They got sponsorship. They sold out. Chiefs are sellouts now. Uh, Cardinals and 49ers play that game that day, and the Titans and Rams and Steelers and Bears play on Monday Night Football. Week 10, we've got Ravens-Dolphins on Thursday Night Football. Lamar Jackson's first jump dominant game is MVP season. Perfect passer rating against the Miami Dolphins. Absolutely torched the Miami Dolphins. I don't think that'll be the same situation here. I think it'd be a very fun game to watch. Dolphins obviously have a very exciting defense. And hopefully Tua, had, I mean, he had a normal rookie year. But with expectations of watching what Justin Herbert and Joe Burrow did, 
The leash is unfortunately for Tua a little shorter than what it would be normally. So hopefully he's got the Dolphins for competition's sake. I hate the Dolphins, but for competition's sake, I hope that Tua realizes his potential and becomes a quarterback that everybody expected him to be when he was drafted fifth overall. Uh, Dolphins or Bills Jets is also that day. Chargers Vikings that day as well. Very exciting stuff going on there. Jaguars Colts. Trevor Lawrence versus the Colts defense will be very, very interesting to see. Uh, Patriots Browns. The battle of Bill Belichick. I guess this is the team he coached, obviously, before the New England Patriots. Bucks Washington football team rematch of the NFC wild card game. Seahawks Packers. Chiefs Raiders. Always a very exciting game, no matter how good either team is. And Rams 49ers on Monday night football. Week 11. Jeez, this is getting long and I'm not enjoying this segment right now. <laughs> uh, Patriots Falcons on Thursday night football. Bills Colts rematch the AFC, AFC wild card game. Steelers Chargers. Again, much like the Patriots, Chargers have had very minimal success against the Pittsburgh Steelers. This is a chance, much like the Patriots game, to write back all those years a trauma against the Steelers and bring it to this season because the Patriots and the Steelers are not the greatest teams anymore. They're not the same teams that beat the crap out of the Chargers all those years. They're expected, now the Patriots are expected to be better than last year, but they finished 7-9. and nine. So you just need to be 500 to be better than them. And the Steelers are expected to take a little step backwards this season. But yeah, exciting games going on. Ravens-Bears will be a fun game. Then you got Packers-Vikings, a very even rivalry the past few seasons, no matter how good the Packers or Vikings have been. Then you got the 49ers and Jaguars, very fun atmosphere there, at least not like like huge crowd, not like a big rivalry game, but rookie quarterbacks, young quarterbacks, yeah, be fun. Cardinals-Seahawks, Cowboys-Chiefs, very fun stuff going on week 11, week 12, good lord. Bills-Chiefs on Christmas Day, we got Bears, or Thanksgiving, Thanksgiving, not Christmas Day. Bills, Chiefs on Thanksgiving, Bears, Lions, Raiders, Cowboys. That's your Thanksgiving Day slot. Then you got the Chargers and Broncos, very exciting game. Steelers and Bengals, very intense rivalry like we talked about earlier. Buccaneers versus the Indianapolis Colts, Titans, Patriots, Eagles, Giants. Even though I don't expect a lot of things from either team this year, it's always a fun rivalry game, those two games. And then you got the Ra- the Rams and Packers, Vikings, Niners, Browns, Ravens on Sunday Night Football. That'll be an awesome game to watch. So yeah, Week 12 has got some exciting, exciting games. Week 13, Cowboys and Saints, back-to-back Thursday Night Football games for those two teams. Bengals and Chargers, Joe Burrow versus Justin Herbert. They actually will play each other this time. Last year, Tyrod Taylor was the starting quarterback for the Chargers when these two teams met, and the Chargers obviously won with a Randy Bullock missed field goal, and he pulled his hamstring or something, but was back to normal the next week. Falcons and Buccaneers, Cardinals, Bears, Lions, Vikings, Chiefs, Broncos. Don't expect a lot from the Broncos, but rivalry game nonetheless. Then you've got the Ravens and Steelers, 49ers and Seahawks, and then Patriots and Bills on Monday Night Football. I forgot, they called it Highmark Stadium. I know I said all the names of the Bills Stadium earlier, Highmark Stadium is the new stadium name. We got the Steelers versus the Vikings. Very good running back duo duel right there. Najee Harris versus Dalvin Cook. Najee Harris is one of the people that people are expecting, one of the players people are expecting to be in the running for Rookie of the Year this year. 
Very talented running back. Love watching Najee Harris work. Bills, Bucks, Tom Brady versus the Bills and his new team. Uh, then we got the Ravens and Browns, Titans, Jaguars, Raiders, Chiefs. Then we have got the Packers and Bears and Rams and the Cardinals on Monday Night Football. Week 15, Chargers, Chiefs on Thursday Night Football. Sam Darnold versus the Bills, Panthers, Bills. On Sunday, no times for that game yet. Raiders and Browns, Patriots, Colts recapping or reigniting, hopefully, their Brady and Manning rivalry that took place throughout the 2000s into the mid-2010s. Love the rivalry. Get that back together this year. Steelers-Titans, that was the one that kind of kicked off the COVID thing, which is a giant mess. Screw both of those teams. Uh, Packers and Ravens, Falcons-Niners, Rams-Seahawks, Bucks-Saints on Sunday Night Football, and then we got the Vikings and Bears on Monday Night Football. Week 16, Browns-Packers on Saturday on Christmas, which will be very, very fun. Colts and Cardinals also on Christmas Day. Patriots and the Bills on Sunday on Boxing Day, I believe it is, or is that Monday? December 26th, Bills-Patriots. Then you've got the Bengals and Ravens, Rams-Vikings, Jets and Jaguars, the battle of the number one versus number two pick. Then you've got the Buccaneers versus the Panthers, two very talented receiving cores going up against each other. Steelers and Chiefs, Bucks and Cowboys, the two front runners from the NFC's title this year. So this could be a very telling game, which is why I'm assuming they put it on Sunday Night Football for Week 16. Week 17 got Bills Falcons. On Sunday, which will be a very, very fun game. I'm excited to see how the Bills can stop that high-powered offense and see if Julio Jones is even on the team at that point. Or if he's on the Patriots, which is probably where he'll end up because that's just how it always works. Patriots are going to be bad for so long, and then we've got to get them all the good players again. Uh, Cardinals and Cowboys, the the Emmett Smith battle, the two teams that he played for in his career. Jaguars-Panthers. Jaguars were so close to going to the Super Bowl against the Patriots, and the Patriots pulled it out of their ass to beat the Jags. And sadly, we didn't get to watch Blake Bortles in a Super Bowl. Shame. Damn shame. Then we got the Rams and the Ravens. Very fun game a few years ago when Lamar Jackson won the MVP. Vikings and Packers and Monday Night Football, Browns and Steelers. And then finally, Week 18, we've got the Bills-Jets. A lot of division games this week. All division games, pretty much. Chargers, Raiders, Saints, Falcons, Bengals, Browns, Packers, Lions, Pats, Dolphins, Bears, Vikings, Washington football team, and the Giants, Cowboys, Eagles, Panthers, Bucks, Colts, Jacks, Steelers, Ravens, Titans, Texas, Chiefs, Broncos, Broden, Niners, Rams, Seahawks, Cardinals. That's your slot of games for this year. Good Lord. Had to stretch a little bit after reading that. My eyes hurt from staring at the schedule, but... Looking at, like, the rookie quarterbacks from this past year, or the 2021 NFL draft, I guess, you again, like I said earlier, you should fully expect, unless some injury happens to the, to the two people, Zach Wilson and Trevor Lawrence will be starting week one and week two for the Jaguars and Jets, respectively. Trey Lance, I doubt he sees a lot of playing time this year. Jimmy G, this is, like, their last real year of the contract, and they can opt out of it last year if I'm not or this after this season, if I'm not mistaken. I could be totally wrong about that. Don't know if I'd see, we're going to see a lot of Trey Lance this year. I don't know what will work best for him because you can look at it two ways here with Trey Lance. You can go, oh, well, he's the least ready to play out of all the quarterbacks. So sit him for a year. 
But you could also say he hasn't played football in two years. And it'll be three years by the time he's taking the reins of the starting quarterback. He's going to start next year, guaranteed. This year, I don't know. I, I bet we would see in the last week of the season, much like Patrick Mahomes, that one season. Because Jimmy G is a very capable starting quarterback, much like Alex Smith. You're probably not going to see a lot of Trey Lance this year, much like you didn't see a lot of Patrick Mahomes his rookie year. Justin Fields, hopefully week one. I, I feel like Justin Fields should be able to start week one. He is better than Andy Dalton and Nick Foles. He should be the starter week one. I think he's smart enough. I think he's got the makeup, the cap- the ability to be a week one starter in the NFL. He should be the starter for the Chicago Bears week one. Mac Jones, I think he's good enough to be a starter week one. Do I think it will happen? No. I think Cam will get hurt around week five or something. So then we'll see Mac Jones take over as a starter probably week six. Somewhere midway through the season. Maybe not exactly week six, but somewhere in the middle of the season, I think Mac Jones will take the starting role for the New England Patriots. And then it'll be the Mac Jones show moving on from there. I think all the first-round quarterbacks will see some sort of action this year. I think Justin Fields, Trevor Lawrence, and Zach Wilson will all be week one starters. Mac Jones has the next best odds for me to be a starting quarterback earlier in the season. And Trey Lance... He either won't play or play one game. I think it's very likely he just plays one game this year. To me, that's what I would feel. I would love to see him play sooner rather than later, but that's just how I'm feeling on the whole situation regarding Trey Lance and the 49ers. For the later round quarterbacks, Kyle Trask won't see any action this year. He's the third string quarterback, technically. Blaine Gabbert's still there. So I doubt he'll get a lot of playing time this year or even looking. Kellen Mond will go into the season as the number two quarterback for the Minnesota Vikings. He won't play this year. He probably won't play until Kirk's contract's up. He has the talent to be a starter in the NFL. These guys that got drafted, the first eight quarterbacks in the draft, all have the abilities to be a day one starter in the NFL, or a full-time starter in the NFL. Davis Mills, same thing. I don't think he'll play this year. Whether Deshaun Watson's there or not, they've signed like eight quarterbacks this offseason. I think the guy who will go into the season starting is Tyrod Taylor. But time will tell. Time will tell. I don't know what Deshaun Watson's situation is. If he's fully back and, you know, that whole situation has resolved itself to a certain extent, Deshaun should be the starter because he's top five quarterback in the NFL easily coming off a career year. You'd be crazy not to start him. But if that thing has not solved itself, Tyrod will be the starter. Davis Mills will be the backup. And if Deshaun Watson's back, Davis Mills will be the third string guy. Tyrod will be the backup. Out of the late round quarterbacks, Kellen Mond has the best chance to play right away. Not like, I don't think any of them will see a lot of action this year. But I think Kellen Mond, with the situation he's in, could be very, very fun. I think all these guys fit where their, I think their skill sets fit in the situation that they were drafted in. I think they're all perfect for where they're at. I think Kyle Trask is a pitch-perfect pit fit in Tampa Bay. For what Bruce Arians has always done with his quarterbacks, if you look throughout the history of his career, they've all been that style of quarterback. Bigger guys with cannon arms. Or at least strong arms. Maybe not absolute hoses, but strong arms nonetheless. Kyle Trask is that. Can put the ball all over the field. One of my favorite quarterbacks in college football. I'm excited to see what he does in Tampa. I'm excited to see what Mac Jones does in New England, Justin Fields in Chicago, Trey Lance in San Fran, 
Zach Wilson and, Tre- and New York, and Trevor Lawrence with the Jaguars. Now, obviously, lesser success to Zach Wilson and Mac Jones, obviously because of the division rival thing, but I don't want to see any of them fail. People always want to name, like, who's going to be the bust out of this group. I don't want to say that because I think that's unfair. We don't know how this is all going to play out. If we want to go patterns, then sure, I can totally see why people would go, Zach Wilson will bust. Had inconsistent college stuff, good one year, not great the last year, or the the first year, great the second year. The Jets as a whole, you saw what they did with Sam Darnold. But I think this, this group that the Jets have put together, their front office and their coaching staff, and the players they brought in, they drafted very well this year. I think that Zach Wilson has a chance to be a very, very good quarterback. He's got the skills to be a beast in the NFL. Absolute beast. I understand, though, why people would lean towards him being the bust, especially since everybody loves Justin Fields. And by that fact, you have to hate Zach Wilson. You can't like one and like the other. You have to like one and hate the other one. That's just how it works in our society. You can't like players of a similar position. Like Messi Ronaldo, you have to like one of them and hate the other. I think Messi's better. I don't hate Ronaldo. Ronaldo's one of the main reasons I started watching Manchester United. I don't hate Ronaldo. I Michael Jordan versus LeBron. I think Michael's the GOAT. I don't hate LeBron. Never really had any real opinion about LeBron. I mean, I he hurt my feelings when he guarded Derrick Rose when the Bulls were 62-20 and 20 when he won the MVP. Bulls won game one, and LeBron is on Derrick Rose the rest of the game. That hurt, but I got asked a few, a few months ago, do I hate LeBron? No, I have really nothing against LeBron. Just because you like you think one's better than the other, or one's the like the goat or whatever, you don't have to hate the other one. You might love Zach Justin Fields. You shouldn't hate Zach Wilson by default, or just because you think ja- Justin Fields is a better quarterback. Oh, Zach Wilson will bust because of that. No, that's what we fell into with the Dwayne Haskins versus Daniel Jones thing. Everybody was like, oh, Dwayne, Daniel Jones will bust because we all like Dwayne Haskins. One of them's still a starter. The other one's the third-string quarterback on the Pittsburgh Steelers. Like, just because you like Justin Fields more than Zach Wilson does not mean Zach Wilson's going to bust. That's just what we do. You have to, if you like one player, you have to put down the other one. That's just how it seems like all the time. Like, when we're comparing players, you always have to put down one. And I, I kind of, I fell into a victim to this when we were talking about LaDainian Thomas and Adrian Peterson. Because I got passionate about it because I saw people it's not even close between LT and Adrian Peterson I talked more on emotion than actually you know speaking with a clear head they're the two greatest running backs of our lifetime I don't think there's any debate and I'm talking about my lifetime so the 21st century LaDainian Tomlinson is clear in the 2000s I for my estimation Adrian Peterson's pretty clear in the 2010s his MVP season is one of the greatest MVP seasons of all time same with LaDainian Tomlinson's like I, sh- I put down Adrian Peterson even though I had a poster of Adrian Peterson in my room when I was a kid. That was just because LaDainian Thomas was my favorite player of all time. I know I did that a few weeks ago, or a few months ago now it feels like. But don't do that. I, I've, I sound like a hypocrite though because I did do that. But just because we like one player does not mean to put down the other one. So don't go around just saying Zach Wilson will be a bust because you think Justin Fields is better. That's not fair to Zach Wilson. Zach Wilson did not choose to get drafted number two overall now most players would go like oh i should be drafted first overall but ultimately the team has to draft him and the jets drafted him they thought he was the second best quarterback in the class 
And I can totally see why they think that. He's got the skill set. He's got a cannon arm. He can contort his body to make throws all over the field. He's not as big as Justin Fields. He didn't play the same level of competition as Justin Fields. But I get, I mean, I hate this stupid thing, but I can see where people come from with the Ohio State quarterback thing. I hate that because by that logic, if you want to go, oh, the Ohio State quarterbacks suck in the NFL, you wouldn't draft Joe Burrow. You wouldn't have drafted Justin Herbert because you look at the history of Oregon quarterbacks other than Dan Fouts. There's been no real Oregon quarterback in the NFL that's done anything special. Some of the worst quarterbacks of the 21st century have been Oregon Duck quarterbacks. Same with LSU. Jamarcus Russell is one of the biggest busts in NFL history. You wouldn't have drafted Tua either because no Alabama quarterback's been good other than Bart Starr and Joe Namath. You can't do that. You can't do that either. But maybe that was in the Jets' mind. Ohio State quarterbacks don't. We had Tom Tupa, but he was a punter. He transformed into a punter in the NFL. Justin Fields got unfairly compared to Dwayne Haskins. Justin Fields is a thousand times more mature and a thousand times more ready to play than Dwayne Haskins. Justin Fields is a thousand times more mobile than Dwayne Haskins and is a better leader. Like, I, I don't get the comparisons other than the fact they played at Ohio State. They're not similar players. I have no doubt that Justin Fields will be an absolute beast in the NFL. And also the Bears don't have a great history of developing quarterbacks either. Like, Ohio State doesn't have a great track record of producing NFL quarterbacks. The Bears don't have a great track record of producing NFL quarterbacks either. The quarterbacks they drafted, other than Jim McMahon, have sucked. And Sid Luckman. But I don't even know if Sid Luckman was really drafted by the Bears. I need to look that up. I know he was he's their greatest ever quarterback, but... Like, Cade McNown. Mitchell Trubisky, Rex Grossman. I know Rex got him to a Super Bowl, but come on. It's it's Rex Grossman. I don't know. We can't we should not put down these rookie quarterbacks. And I'm excited to see what all of them can do. Very excited. I'm seeing excited to see what all these rookies can do. If I had to make like way too early predictions for like rookie of the year stuff, I think Trevor Lawrence is obviously a shout. I mean, he's starting quarterback, number one overall pick. Joe Burrow, if he didn't get hurt, would have won rookie of the year. Justin Herbert kind of won it by default because he set so many records. Joe Burrow wasn't there to compete with him. Just got hurt. Joe Burrow was winning that until he got hurt. (laughs) Most people don't remember that. But it's obviously go. I think Trevor Lawrence is a big shout for that award. I think Jamar Chase is a big shout for that award. I think Najee Harris, Travis Etienne. I'm interested to see what Jacksonville does with Travis Etienne. Apparently, they're using him as a wide receiver, which he can do. Not too worried about Travis Etienne at all and what he'll do for Jacksonville. That dude is a versatile machine and will make a lot of plays for the Jaguars. At least I hope he will. From what I saw at Clemson, he can make plays all over the field. So I don't think Jaguars fans should be worried about them drafting a running back because they had James Robinson. We already talked about few weeks ago, the two running back thing has worked wonders in the NFL over the past few seasons. So don't worry about them drafting a running back. He's a beast that can do a lot of things for your offense. But I think those are the main ones. Lawrence, Chase, and Harris. I think Justin Fields could be a shout in there as well. They got good weapons on the outside for the Bears. Good running game. Improving offensive line. Remember, that's what Russell Wilson won because they're improving offensive line. <laughs> 
Kyle Pitts. I mean, there's a lot of good players in this draft that are in very good situations. So, I mean, you can have a lot of players win Rookie of the Year this year. But I think the main one's Trevor Lawrence. If we're going Defensive Rookie of the Year, I really like J.C. Horn. J.C. Horn's going to be the one that gets tested the most out of these rookies because if you look at the division he's in, he for the position drafted, cornerback, he's going to be going up against Julio. I mean, as of right now, Julio. Calvin Ridley. I'm sure as hell he's going to go up against Kyle Pitts at some point. DJ, or not DJ Moore, Michael Thomas for New Orleans, Mike Evans, Chris Godwin, maybe Antonio Brown. I don't know that situation is going to sort itself out eventually. He's going up against some very good receivers and some very good quarterbacks, or quarterbacks that will at least test him. Jameis Winston in New Orleans will test him. Tom Brady, Matt Ryan will test him. Jameis Winston will test him more because he's going to throw it, and he's going to force a ball more often than not. But J.C. Horn has a very good shot because of the division he's in. If he improve, if he performs in that division, whoo, he definitely should win Rookie of the Year. I was not surprised at all he was the first cornerback taken. His attitude is similar to that of Jalen Ramsey's, which a lot of people really like. I am not. I would not be shocked if J.C. Horn won Rookie of the Year for D- defensive Rookie of the Year. Micah Parsons with the Cowboys, obviously going to be a shout there as well. Best linebacker in the draft for most people. Pat Sertan, similarly to J.C. Horn, Tyreek Hill, McCole Hardman, Keenan Allen, Mike Williams still there. So like, they got some good receipts. I think J.C. Horn, and then, uh, Greg Newsome as well. I don't, I don't know. Jeremiah Wosukoromoa, Jamin, Co- Jamin Davis. There's some good players in this draft, man. Deep draft class. Very, I ain't even gone in the second round yet. You got Trayvon Morigs there. You could have Javon Holland from Oregon and Miami. Could have a great year. JOK getting drafted in the second round was weird, but it happened, and it's going to be sick. Andre Sisco, if he didn't have an ACL injury, he would have probably been up there with one of the top safeties getting drafted. Instead, he fell to the third round, which is crazy. <laughs> There's just some good players in this freaking draft. I'm just scrolling down through all the draft picks right now. Ronnie Perkins in New England, maybe, is one. But I don't know. The Jets, like I said, great draft. Get Elijah Moore, Elijah Vera Tucker, Michael Carter, great draft. Zach Wilson set up to succeed, unlike the other quarterbacks the Jets have drafted over the years. But yeah, exciting draft. Exciting draft. Very, very exciting. Maybe Grant Stewart, Mr. Irrelevant. From Houston, linebacker. Maybe he gets rookie of the year this year. Defense rookie of the year. Oh, man. NFL season can't get here soon enough. I'm excited. Rookies, exciting. Now, remember, we're going to have a friend on for Wednesday's show, so make sure you stay tuned for that. I don't really know what the show will hold, but it'll be fun. Very, very fun to listen to. Hopefully. Hopefully he doesn't suck ass like this one kind of did. But we're coming back from two weeks off. Basically three weeks. So cut me some slack. But that's all I've got for you today. Hope you enjoyed the show. Great show, as per usual, even though I just said it sucked ass. That scheduled thing was hard. But hope you have a great rest of your day, and we'll see you all on Wednesday. Peace.